Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess... Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KBEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time talking for about. Mortgage Matters. All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Feels foreign, Jim. It does feel foreign. Dan's not here. Yeah, and it feels like it's been an awful long time since I was here. Well, yeah. I had some planned stuff and then some unplanned stuff. I heard about that. Managed in uh, a vacation and then a bummer funeral. Yeah. And then a happy wedding. Wow. Maybe it balanced out somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It looked like you were having a good time at the fair the other night, too, when I saw you up there. I was having a good time at the fair. Yeah. Yep, just went and walked around. Uh-huh. Although I think I do this every year. The kids are so excited to go, so then we go, and then we realize that we beat the animals there. Did you? Then you feel like you have to go back because none of the animals were there. There. I think they do that on purpose. Yeah, probably. Marketing. Possibly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, so uh, Dan is out today. Much-deserved vacation. Mm-hmm. So we brought in Anthony Rodriguez. Yeah, Dan actually had to talk a lot the last couple of weeks. How was that? <laughs> it was good. It was? Yeah, it was, it was fine. Dan was Keeping fine. up the pace. <laughs> there it is, yeah. Keeping it fresh and exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, so I got Anthony Rodriguez from the office in here. He's done the show before. In fact, you did it here one time, huh? Yeah, I did it... Uh... Gosh, it was pretty soon after you guys moved over here. We are talking about the grant program. Oh, that was fun. That lead to a bunch of business for you? It, you know what? It generated a lot of phone calls. So, you, you want know. to talk about that again today? You know, <laughs> <laughs> if we need to, we can. I mean, it's pretty fantastic. It helps a lot of people out. Now everybody's wondering what the heck we're talking about. That's good radio, right? Leave, yeah. you, leave you wanting more. Really wanting more. There we are. We did a whole episode. Fantastic. Well, an hour worth of a, a whole episode of the down payment assistance programs. I feel like those are gaining more um, notoriety lately, too. Um, even now, I hear some of the bigs are advertising on the radio. I hear Guild Mortgage and... Um, well, it seems like there's one more, but they're talking about the down payment assistance program. I got mixed feelings on it. You know, I, I think that it gets sold as like, you know, this kind of all-encompassing product that everybody can get into. But when you kind of get down to the nitty-gritty, I mean, we were dealing a little bit with, uh, with some of the issues this week where you really get into some much tighter underwriting guidelines because it's all manual underwrite. So right. you don't get the the big broad brushstrokes that FHA usually. So you're, you're suggesting then that it's less lenient. (laughs) Maybe it's a a very specific fit. Round peg, round hole. Um, five point star, five point hole. Wow. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You gotta really line it up. Very specific 
bit? Well, I mean, one of them, I think the most popular one, regardless of what's being marketed and talked about, the most popular version of this is the FHA version. And, you know, on FHA, you have to have a 3.5% down payment. You can do a grant program where they'll do 2 or 3% grant towards the down payment. And what you're doing in return, and this is the thing, if I'm, if I'm one of the, the lawmakers here, I, I want to know how these meetings took place and where the money's going from one slide to the other. Because if you got an FHA loan today, oh, interest rate three and three eighths maybe ish, somewhere yeah, in this range right in for the average FHA deal. If you do the down payment assistance program, it's six, uh, it's four percent. With us basically a six month prepay. Okay. And so what happens is you're, you're getting a much higher interest rate, which we know is generating a huge, um, what we call a yield spread, um, basically a big profit margin. The loan is very valuable at close. So now it's got an extra 10 or $20,000 profit in it. And then that basically is somehow or other applied towards the down payment. Right. But so the only real selling point here is that if you don't have the cash, right? Because even with <laughs> FHA, you still need that minimum three and a half percent borrower contribution. It can come from your mom. It could come from your uncle. It can come from employer. Yeah. And whatever. But you have to have that minimum contribution, right? If you don't, if you just don't have two rocks to rub together, it's, you know, you have to go to the grant program because sure. then you can actually have the investor give you most of the down payment and you can even structure a deal to where let's say you offer a little bit over asking price but you ask the seller to kick in some extra to cover closing the costs difference, you yeah know, and you can get it you can get another half a percent that way so what's old is new again mm-hmm. we're back to now we're using an actual federal loan program as the um, person the the expanding home ownership initiative here, helping the person with no savings or skin in the game buy a home for 100% financing. And I guess last time um, we were, as a as an American population, we were doing these programs believing it was private enterprise and they were bearing the risk. But we know then when they all hit the skids, it was Joe Taxpayer, you and I, that got to foot the bill. So... Hey, at least today we're we're um, offering it straight up on the 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 government menu here, right. and you know I, as a guy that does loans for a living, um, I, I of course am interested in many people doing loans. One of the things that's made me most comfortable in this last most recent decade is that you got to have skin in the game. I, you know, unless you could qualify for USDA or a VA loan. Um, those are both great loans. Uh, the VA loan, I think, is a, almost a reward benefit. It's a, it really is a great loan. And it's because you are either active duty or you're, um, now past active duty. You're honorably discharged. There's a, there's a major, um, statement made about your character. And that's why the any veteran that gets 100% financing, that's okay in my book, 
for these other ones where we're like, we don't know a whole lot about you other than you have no demonstrated ability to save, and now we're ready uh, to just flip the whole bill for you to buy a house, and we hope you do well at you know making the payment and keeping it all together. This it's a uh, it's an interesting thing, but you know they still kind of offer that like entry level, right? I mean. It, let's say maybe you just haven't had the opportunity. Maybe you're just out of college. Maybe you just got your first job. Sure. Maybe you just I'll take are that. right there. Right? And when you got, yeah, if you've been, um, and back in my underwriting days, these were the things we looked for with people that had no money. So you guys used common sense back then? Kind of. At least you, you, you wanted to connect a couple dots. Okay. And sometimes you were begging people to help you connect dots, right? Um, why don't you have any money? Tell me your right. story. <laughs> right. Go. I just got done paying off a $20,000 student loan, and I did so, it was a 20-year loan, and I did so in 18 months, and it took all of my extra money, and now I'm ready to buy a home. Okay, well, that I can get I can get down with that, and now you can see that on the credit report. It all adds up, you know, or there's a job coming, uh, you know, or, or maybe taking a job kind of in a probationary way, and then once you get kind of fully employed into that role you're going to have a big pop in your income and so everything's going to start to kind of match the whole profile mm-hmm. but this fha program doesn't care too much about that no no. all no. they really want to know is that you have the income to meet the ratio payment which by the way still calculated off of your gross income not your take-home pay um and can be um it, it's a i think a tricky thing we got a phone call here. Let's uh, let's take this call. Hopefully, I'm I'm not already stirring up the pot. <laughs> uh, we got Steve calling from beautiful San Luis Obispo. Good morning, Steve. Hi, guys. I've talked to you in the past, and I I um, my wife answered something that was on the computer. You know about uh, uh, targeting veterans, and I'm a Vietnam vet. And thank you for your uh, service. You're very welcome. I was. Proud to serve our country, and uh, I'd love for everyone else to say that as well. Because, uh, hey, listen, there's a lot of people in this country and in the past that have saved us from really rough situations like World War II, etc. Mm. Vietnam wasn't too popular, but we could go in a long conversation with that. Right. And war, I, by the way, is utterly ridiculous. And it's horribly sad to see people lose their lives when, you know, everybody wants the same thing. They want a beautiful home. They want cars. They want to be able to take a vacation. They want a good life for their family, education. Everybody in the world, mostly, 99 and 9 tenths percent want that. And yet we destroy everything. And I'm horrified at all of the historical sites that are being totally destroyed over like in the Middle East right now yeah those countries you can't get those things back you can't get back hundreds of year old thousands of year old properties that are just still totally blown to bits you can't replace them and then our world is losing that very quickly yep. our history so what I'm calling about is I had a fellow I that I called back and um, he said, and he's in the mortgage business, obviously. Uh-huh. And I said, look, here's the facts, if you want to write them down. 
we have, by the way, because we have three rentals on our house prop on our own home property. Right. We have a payment of forty two seventy nine a month. <laughs> and we refinanced at three point eight seven five at the very bottom, I think it was four years ago, uh, four to five years ago. And we're and he said, look, I can get you a payment because the interest rates are fairly close to the 3.875, might be even a little lower that I could do for a 30-year fix, and your payment would go down about 350, uh, almost say, you know, you put four grand in your pop for the year, and I looked at that and I said, five years, that's 20 grand, and 40 grand in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, I am 69 and, uh, years old, so I look at things differently than I did 10 or 20 years ago. Sure. And, uh, yeah, that would make quite a difference. You know, it would, uh, even four grand means that we would be able to take a nice vacation or whatever you choose to use. Sure. It. So what I'm thinking about, and I said, how can it be lower? Of course, if we have 25 and a half or so years left on our loan, it goes back to a 30, and I was driving along, and I figured, I said, ah, it goes back to 30 years. That's part of the savings. That is part of that. Yep. And he said, I can probably get the appraisal on your property, which is the historic judge's house, as you guys probably know. Yep. <laughs> Over on Johnson. Uh, probably get that appraisal, you know, covered and whatever, and fees, and I'm wondering whether this is a smart thing to do. And he mentioned a reverse mortgage. I'm not, we don't have or need to do a reverse mortgage, although uh, we know a lady that's a good personal friend, Mickey, that just did a reverse mortgage, and she's 86, so at that point, maybe I'll feel different in 10 or 15 years, Yeah, and my wife and I will. About that, so I'm not in favor of increasing our debt on our property, which is worth well more than double of what, and would appraise for well more than double what we owe, which is eight thirty. Steve, is the current loan on your house a VA loan? No. Okay. It is not. And, okay. Uh, we did a VA loan back in 1970. Or 75, I think it was, somewhere in that area. Of course, that's long paid off and gone. And uh, does the VA go uh, up to those amounts of money, like 830000 Yeah, it's one of the things I was going to tell you is a reverse mortgage is not an option for you because FHA uses a maximum valuation of 625 Your house could be worth $4 million, and they'll only call it 625 for basis of how much they'll loan you. So that that standard FHA reverse mortgage is not an option for you. On the VA, there is no maximum loan amount for a VA loan. There, kick, there comes a point where the borrower has to kick in and have some equity. Um, if you have, if you're purchasing, um, then you might need to make a down payment if you were buying a million plus house. Um, it has to do with um, your entitlement and the area that you're in. So it's a, it's kind of a different calculation for each person. The other thing I wonder, um, so first of all, 
I don't love this, but the the companies that specialize in just VA lending do so because it's incredibly lucrative. They make a ton of money on these loans, and um, you know, I oftentimes I think that the people that are employed there are are after that dollar, and so then they don't give all of the the kind of the disclosure, you know, like if I'm doing a loan for you, you know, I, I want to treat you like I'm doing a loan for my dad, right? I want to make sure that I'm I'm treating you fairly, and I'm I want to tell you the things that might cause you to think twice about the loan that you wouldn't um, otherwise know. Um, and and by the way, one of those things, quite simply, is just that part of your savings is that you're running your loan back out over 30 years. That's part of the reason the loan drops is just due to the amortization, right? The right. The other thing, though, and this, again, from one veteran to another, um, this changes, but there, um, you, if you have a service-related disability, you could get your funding fee waived, but a subsequent use on a VA loan, when you use it for the second or third time, if you were standard discharge without any medical disability at all, the subsequent use fee that they tack on to your loan is 3.3% of the loan amount. So if you do a, a $700,000 VA loan as a subsequent use, you might end up paying $22,000 funding fee that just gets tacked onto your loan, and, and now you're amortizing interest and payment based on that too. So now all of a sudden, you know, as we're talking about savings over time and these kind of things. That's going to take you five years of saving that $4,000 a year just to make up the funding fee. And, and then after that, you've got to make up the closing costs. And then after that, you're finally saving money. So you might, if you don't look close enough, and unfortunately, if you don't have a loan officer with the, um, what I'm going to suggest is the, the ethics and heart to, to really treat you the way you deserve. Um, you might be hoodwinked into thinking, Hey, I can save four grand a year without actually realizing what the real cost of that might be a nine or 10 year break even point. And so, in other words, instead of owing 830 on our house, we suddenly owe you come uh, out owing 850. $5,000 more, and that's not going to happen. My wife, Eileen, and I are a little more savvy yeah. than that. Well, and I'm glad you are. And unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't look at the details or they come and they figure them out later. And so that's where I, that's where I really believe that, um, making sure that the lender that you're working with, that there's some kind of a connection there and a trust established where you know that you're getting all of the information, um, in, and especially that critical information that, that would, cause you to maybe think twice if you were getting the right deal or not. And um, so in any case, um, see, I want to end up owing. Now, if it's a small amount and you can get it back, make it back over a short period of time, then it may short period, then it's okay. But you got to look at, you know, uh, we're never going to pay off this house, obviously, because, you know, 25 years from now, and uh, if you're 70, in 25 years, I'd be 94 years old at 69, and, uh, you know, if I'm still here, great, and I hope to be, but, you know, realistically speaking, that's, that's getting to stretch the end of your, your time limit on this earth. Sure. Uh, unless you're fortunate to be one of those very small percentage that makes it towards the 95, 100 years. 
And yeah. uh, I, my dad made it two weeks shy of 88, so I'm not confident that, uh, you know, maybe I'm going to try and beat that, you know. I, but, right. but we've got to live now, and yeah, and I look at four grand. If it makes sense, then we would do it. Otherwise, we've got, we, we, were, we had a 10-year uh, really low rate on a 10-year, and by when it got to about eight years, seven and a half, eight years on uh, when it hit the 10-year mark and then it went to variable, we didn't like and feel comfortable. Sure. feel very comfortable knowing that we're at 3.875. Our payment's not going to suddenly go up 800 bucks a month or something in the next few years if we right. let that happening. So I like the 30-year fix. And if it made sense, I could come in and talk to you guys in person and say, what would this cost us? What are the options? And if it makes sense, you look at it. And if it doesn't, you stay where you're at. That's the angle I approach it from. Um, I want to always make sure that we're very carefully evaluating the cost to savings benefit and that you're you're making a, a decision based in logic. And Steve, thanks much for your phone call today. I really appreciate you. Um, thanks again for your service. And by all means, if you want to call us this week, 543 Loan uh, will ring the office and uh, we'd be happy to go through those details with you. Um, want to do a commercial break. Let's and, do a commercial break. Yeah, when we get back, we're going to be joined um, by attorney at law, Adam Daner. One of my favorite guests right here. I always love these guys that you got to pay uh, the big bucks to get in front of, and I'm going to bring you one here. So get the phone out. Get ready to, to ask your questions. You can get little mini consultations here for free on Mortgage Matters. What do you think about that? Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Loan. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 0183960008. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. 
welcome back. Took a long time to get to that. To the hook, but that hook right there. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah, that's going to be a good show. Fair. Yeah, are you going to be up there? Not tonight. I'm up there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday again next week. So I get Garth next Thursday, and then I've got uh, Hunter Hayes on Tuesday, and I've got the band Perry. And oh, the, fun. Yeah, and then we've got um, Keith Urban. So I'm up there for the country nights next week. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Keith Urban. You got to get your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I'm telling you, you're going to Garth <laughs> next week. He puts on Have you ever seen Garth before? No, when I was in high school. Yeah. I had um, an opportunity to go see Garth because a really good family friend was um, had built a couple of the... Remember the Red Strokes? Oh. Was that what it was called? Remember that Garth Brooks... Um, they did a music video. It was all white room, playing a okay. white piano, a white suit, yeah. and then the paint comes down the walls, and okay. you know what I mean? Okay. Do you remember that? Uh, sort of, yeah. You have to look it up. Yeah, Back when MTV made music videos, you know? It was oh, like okay. CMT at the time. See if anyway. I'll have to find it, yeah. Anyway, a good family friend of ours was one of the set builders that uh-huh. built that set, and he managed to get us like front row Garth Brooks, uh-huh. and he was on his way to pick up me and his nephew. That was the deal. We were all going together, yeah. and he got in a really bad car accident on the way to get us, and we he was like an hour late, and we were doing math, and we were like, we're not going to make it. Where is he? What uh-huh. happened? This was uh-huh. before cell phones, you know? Uh-huh. He never showed up, and we spent the whole night wondering and bummed and then found out the next day that he got in an accident so i never got to go that was my uh, closest shot at it so now here we go i'm gonna go do it at the mid-state fair yeah it's gonna be a good show i'm a big Garth I, brooks I, fan i'm telling you i'm telling you but it's on a great show especially the old stuff all the 90s Garth. yeah we'll we'll play, we'll play some garth bumper music coming up we'll get you in the mood here right on <laughs> um all right so we got adam daner thanks for joining us today Hey, thank you for having me. Good morning. Happy yeah. Saturday. Thank you. Yeah, taking some time out on a Saturday to come talk shop. It was awesome to hear that uh, Counting Crows lead in. Uh, you know, here's a, I'll give you a quick little uh, legal story. My connection to Counting Crows, when I took the bar in 94 and uh, finished in uh, first week of August. Uh, my wife and I went back to Washington, D.C., visit some family and do some touring. We got off the plane in D.C., and we're in the rental car. And the first thing I hear was an ad that night for Rolling Stones' Counting Crows concert. And I had no, you know, this we didn't have MapQuest 1994. I'm not even sure we had cell phones back then. I was like, well, how do we get to, uh, I think it was like one of the record stores at the mall they were advertising there. That's where you could go get tickets, and they still had tickets left. Went and got tickets, um, probably the last tickets they had. Went to the show that night, and it was the first opening night, Counting Crows, Rolling Stones. And the Crows had never played in anything bigger than a bar outside of Berkeley. And it was real interesting. The, The lights were down. The stage lights were up. Adam came on stage, and the first thing he said, he started apologizing to the crowd, basically saying, you know, we're a small, we're a bar band from Berkeley. We've never been on a stage. I don't know if we can really handle this. We're, we're going to do our best, see what happens. I can't even see the crowd because of the lights. He, he hadn't adjusted to it. And uh, they started into Mr. Jones, and the crowd just went nuts. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was such a uh, great electricity in the air that night it was a great show great opening to the stones i remember it today like it was yesterday and i can't wait to see him tonight yeah that'll be fun 
wonder if we'll play that uh that old Joni Mitchell track that they play. Oh, Big Yellow Taxi. I bet they will. It's one yeah. of their biggest hits, yeah. In fact, I like that. I like their cover better than I like Joni's version. I do. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I sent you a link right now to a song a good friend of mine wrote, a okay. childhood friend that wrote um for the Counting Crows. Cool. And I wonder if they'll sing it tonight. Uh, I don't know. I could see whether you can play it when we come back from the next break, unless you already queued up some Garth. You know. <laughs> Get up some Garth. We got a couple. Brother. We got a couple breaks to we work through. We got a couple through. breaks. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks for coming on the show today. I know um, it's Saturday morning, and you probably had the paper to read and another cup of coffee to have, but we're real glad you showed up here and. Um, it's always a great thing for us and our listeners to get to talk to somebody like yourself, um, to be able to just know who you turn to when you need that help, you know, whether it's planning something or, um, you know, any other legal advice that you might have. But um, tell us a little bit about your firm. What are you doing? What's your what's your specialty? Sure. Uh, we're a general practice uh, civil firm. Um, we do about 50 to 70% estate planning. We do uh, real property, construction law, small business formation, um, fairly much everything except for bankruptcy and family law. And I usually refer those matters out to people I know. So if you have questions regarding that type stuff too, you can call me. I can usually get you in touch with who specializes in that stuff. But we do a lot of wills and trusts. Um, a lot of stuff that that runs over with what you guys do in terms of life planning mm-hmm. and, and making sure uh, we make good decisions so we can protect our families, protect our assets, our state, um, make sure things are set up for our kids and our family. Right. What do people need to know? I mean, about I, I we could spend a whole hour here talking about just this issue of estate planning uh, versus probate and um you know, I think that there there probably is some really critical information that people need to know about about why you probably should do a little bit of estate planning. Sure. Here's here's the short answer. Probate bad, estate planning good. <laughs> estate planning avoids probate. Probate uh refers to having to go to court and having the court basically administer your estate based upon archaic rules. That may not be anything you ever had in mind during your lifetime. It's extremely expensive. It takes usually a year to 18 months to get even uh, a simple um, estate through the probate system, and it's quite expensive. You end up paying not only attorney's fees, which are usually four to five times more than an average uh, estate plan based upon a living trust, but you're also paying uh, court fees, administrator fees, uh, appraisal fees, all kinds of fees. And over the, the time span, it's just, it's a pretty inefficient process and it can be avoided so easily uh, with uh, a living trust, a pour over will, and then also documents that deal with situations while you're alive, but you're otherwise incapacitated, like a durable power of attorney and advanced healthcare directive. Um, it's estate planning sometimes can be a difficult issue because it forces people to, you know, consider the eventuality of, of what's going to happen in life as we get older. And that can be tomorrow. It can be years off, et cetera. And, you know, it hits us all at different times when we uh, figure out when we have to make those decisions to get our, 
get our house in order. Yeah. It's not fun. That's not that's not great stuff to talk about. Um, but you got to get over it, right? Right. In one of my networking groups, we have a gal that works for a funeral home. And so she's in there talking about the importance that, you know, you got to you got to know that this is coming. I like that word you have eventuality. It's coming eventually. You got to know it. And and um you can plan for it or not. Either way, you ain't getting out of it. And you could sure save an awful lot of grief, especially for the people that survive you, right? In in their having to figure out what's happening. I've heard some really interesting stories. I'm sure you have a few about um, situations with real property that end up going through probate. Yeah. Uh, but the best thing about estate planning really is uh, a living trust for real property so as to assure things don't wind up in probate. Um, it just makes it such an easier system just by changing uh, title to real property, placing it in a trust, what's called funding the trust, such that you're never going to have to go to court. You're never going to have to get uh, an appraisal done for the court system, etc. Property can be transferred so much more simply uh, and quickly, efficiently, sometimes 30, 60 days after the, the notice periods for beneficiaries have passed and get things administered quickly and be, being able to do things for essentially low to no cost and basically transfer, have your assets transferred to who you wanted them transferred to in an efficient manner. Right. It just, it just makes a lot of sense. Right. Is it necessary for a husband and wife? So it, this is a community property state. I own my house, my wife. We're both on title of the house. We're both on the loan. If I pass away, she's going to get the house, right? That's not a probate action. Uh, she, or is it? She, it depends on how you how you have title currently to the house. If it's uh, joint tenancy with right of survivorship, if it's community property with right of survivorship, whether it's in a trust, etc. If it's in a living trust, it's automatically typically going to go uh, to the survivor and will stay with the survivor through her lifetime until the trust becomes fully irrevocable on the death of the the second set what we refer to as the settlers the husband and wife i got it so what consultation yeah we we uh we talk to people for free it's a free initial consultation i explain the whole process uh, both procedurally mechanically substantively what it all means and usually it's it's only about 20 25 minutes half an hour i explain what all the components are what it costs to get it done we do it on a flat fee schedule it's uh two thousand dollars for a family it's for an individual 1750 um, which covers the whole plan everything gets done you know it's being done correctly it's being done right um and it's going to be put in place and hopefully something you never have to worry about and we also talk about what the changes are in lifetime as you as things happen uh, people come and go in our lives for a lot of different reasons and some things require changes to documents and some things don't. And we go over all that process and things of that sort as well. Um, and then, you know, people get a chance to think. If they uh, if it makes sense to them, they come back in. We get them signed up and usually takes about 10 days to two weeks to get everything put in place. And then typically it's something they don't really have to worry about unless there's a major life change. Yeah, the, the other people that I wonder about that, that might consider – just getting a checkup on this. That's kind of what I always want people to do in the loan world. 
So you got a loan, you think you're doing well, you probably are, you know, but why not, why not come let an expert take a look at it and make sure you're on the right path? There's not something that could, could be tweaked or made better. Um, so if you have a trust that, you know, some of these people probably have trusts that are put together in the eighties and yeah, like you said, people come, people go, but are the assets in there correctly? Um, is the trust still valid? Has the law changed? Yeah, we see that quite a bit, especially when people go through their documents and they look at things and they say, oh, this person's my successor trustee and I really haven't had that person in my life for the last five to ten years. Or, or that pe- person may be deceased now or have some other type of medical con- condition and they can't really serve as the asset manager anymore or uh, different situations. They look at beneficiaries and it's like, Geez, you know what? That family member's not really close with us anymore, and I'm not sure I really want that. So those are type situations where, yeah, a trust amendment uh, is needed. Yeah. Um, the other thing is um, we've seen a lot of change in the law over the years, uh, especially with changing technology regarding health situations. And the advanced um, – Healthcare directive law under the probate code has changed quite a bit. So that's something that needs to be looked at every couple of years to make sure if you do one, if you don't have an advanced healthcare directive, you need one. Two, if you have one from five to 10 years ago, you probably need a new one because there's been a lot of change in the probate code reflecting advanced uh, technology in the medical world. And that needs to be addressed in your documents so that um, your medical providers have a clear understanding of what your wishes are in if something uh tragedy strikes and uh you're in a situation where really critical decisions need to be made sure feel solemn now i feel like we're talking about death <laughs> well we're talking about life and uh and, and asset really, preservation right yeah, and and you know how we take care of our families and our kids and making sure everyone's you know lined up so that if things do happen uh, there's not added stress right? and just trying to make life simpler and easier and um, make sure everyone's taken care of. So at what point in life is it a good idea to come see you and talk about estate planning? I mean, you know, we had this scenario a little while ago about the family who just got it or the people who just got out of college, they're paying off their student debt. They're getting into these, you know, loan, uh, low down payment, home loans and things like that. Is that a good time to see you? Yeah, when you buy a home and or when you have children. Those okay. are pretty much the, the two um, key elements in life, key key milestones when it's a good time to, to start thinking about the whole package. And, you know, uh, we, we live in a world where, unfortunately, things change so quickly. And especially we all drive cars and car crashes and, and things of that sort. And it's just good to have things set up such that especially if you have young kids we need to know who the guardians who you want their guardians to be in the you know tra- if if tragedy does strike um so those those are the type of things uh that really trigger i think the need to evaluate and put put together plans for people and like when you're going through these like lists of people i mean is it just like is it enough to just say oh hey i want my brother to take care of my kids after or do you need, you know, a small line of people behind them? Okay, if my brother's not available, then it's my mom. If my mom's not available, then, you know, 
it's so on and so forth. You know, we see them both ways, and it really depends on the condition or the age of the folks. You know, if it's uh, if if they're peers that are your age and they're young, then yeah, we don't need as many successor guardians lined up. If it's your parents, uh, then yeah, we probably do need um, backups. Uh, to in depending on the age of the children, uh, in terms of covering that span till they reach majority. So it's really. Uh, that's an issue of math, typically. And so, do you do you also? I mean, let's say I award my brother, or you know, ask my brother to take care of my kids if I die. Does he also get control of the estate as well, or is that a different party? Do you balance it some some way? You can do it so many different ways. Uh, often, you can have your car, your guardians work in conjunction with a successor trustee, where there's a split. Sometimes it can be one and the same. It really depends on each individual family and their situation. Um, some people uh, have families where um, they have people who are, are great caregivers, great uh, parents, but not necessarily um, the best with finances, et cetera, and that's a good indication um, sometimes where you want to have that job split up. Hmm. That, that gives us a lot to think about. I mean – I don't have a big estate. I have a house and a truck, you know, but I also don't have an estate plan. And so for me, now I'm wanting to go meet with you next week and say, how do we do this? What do we need to do? And what are the next steps for me? And how can we get started? I mean, I would imagine that somebody like me, you know, I literally have two things, right? House, truck. Would you just go, if everything was going to get recorded, invested in the trust, would you take care of all of that recording too? Or is that something that you just give me homework to do? Yes, we do the quick claim deeds. So that, that's really the main asset most people have is their house. So we do the deeds to change title from themselves individually, however they currently hold it, to themselves as trustees of their trust and get that recorded at the recorder's office in a Tascadero, which is pretty easy to do. Um one one thing that we often see uh, where I get called in a lot of times to uh, correct things for people is folks where they've uh, made a good faith effort to try to do things on their own, yet they can sometimes make real critical mistakes. And sometimes you can have a document recorded by the recorder's office, and um, if it meets their criteria, they're going to record it, but it doesn't necessarily – mean it's a legally valid document and such is the case with um, folks sometimes who try to transfer a piece of real property into a trust and they just simply leave it or change title to the trust they don't leave it to themselves as trustee of the trust a trust is a paper it's a document it's not a a living thing Um, people take title to property Um, a piece of paper can't technically own a piece of property it has to be an individual. So that's why it's really important in the language of a deed that uh, the property is transferred to the trustee of the trust, not just the trust. And that can, we've seen that happen uh, several times, and that can lead to an invalid deed, and we wind up in probate court anyway. Hmm. So, so you guys are really just like a one stop shop. I come in, I see you give you a bunch of information, write you a check, and then you take care of everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, but, you know, I love to, to meet with people and talk to them about all kinds of situations involving 
uh, their life, their business. Uh, we do uh, so many business formations. We set up corporations. We set up LLCs. We take them down. We do stock assignments. We um, uh, buy and sell businesses, restaurants, commercial property. I do a lot of landlord-tenant um, stuff as well, a lot of real estate transactions, um, kind of a, a good variety of things that um, definitely occur in the North County and just everywhere in this county. Um, handles every aspect of people's lives, typically. I have a question. It's about loans. And uh, it's not every day that I I come up with a question about loans that I feel stumped on. Um, Let me ask you this. Let's say state of California, property in a trust, mom and dad have the trust is correctly set up, the property is correctly vested in the trust, Mom and dad have a loan against the house that they've had for 10 years, a 30-year loan. Mom and dad pass away, and the property makes its flow from, um, you know, parents to children, basically, by being, um, what's the legal term? You're the, um, when you inherit the property, what are you? You're a beneficiary. Beneficiary. So now I'm the beneficiary. I'm in the property. The loan was made in mom and dad's individual name. Do I get? Do I have the legal right to make the payment on this loan for the remaining twenty years? Am I at risk of the bank coming back and saying this wasn't your loan? Your name's not on it. We understand you guys are now on title as beneficiary. However, you need to pay us off. What happens there? Okay, ready for the answer? Yeah, it depends. Great, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. it. Every lender is different. Um, some will simply allow the loan to be assigned, um, depending, usually they check the credit. Um, the loan is, is going to run with the house. Um, so the estate is going to, uh, otherwise be responsible for it during the estate administration. So there has to be a plan put together then, and the lender has to essentially sign off on, uh, on everything to make sure uh, they're okay with the new borrowers if the loan is not completely paid off, um, which which occurs quite frequently, too, during the estate administration, that that loan does get satisfied. If it doesn't get satisfied, then it can either be assigned or it can be uh, turned into new lending um, by the uh, new folks, the beneficiaries who have taken over the property. And, and gain title to it. Yeah, and oftentimes I, I doubt that that's a, a very big deal. I mean, heck, since Carter, we seem to have been in this position where interest rates have dropped, so it's never a very big deal just go get you a new loan. But right now we're going to head into this period where mom and dad's loan from four years ago might be a 3% 30-year fixed. You know, today that interest rate's closer to four, and maybe in four or eight years, that, that might be a five or 6% current market rate. So the desire to hang on to that old loan, uh, will be greatly increased. Um, I, I knew you were going to say it was bank by bank. And, um, you know, we do on, on, even on some of our disclosures, we indicate which types of loans are, um, assumable or not. Right. Um, and generally speaking, conventional loans are non-assumable loans. They used to be, yeah. but I think it proves to, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a cynic, so there's your 
there's your asterisk. I think it's good for the the borrower and not for the bank. You know, in the bank's in the bank's mind, the reason you're assuming a loan instead of getting a new one is because it's at a more favorable term, uh, or you're unable to qualify. In either of the cases, they would rather just be paid off and not have to deal with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll have their capital to lend back at new market rate or not. But um, anyway, the it's one of those things where I think it's unfortunate. I wish there was an assumption clause for every loan, uh, but that's just not the way it is. There, right. There's assumption clause for us in all of the government loans. So if you're doing USDA, FHA, VA, these types of loans are assumable, and um, and the terms of the assumption are well known. You will apply, and there's some uh, basic qualifications. You're going to demonstrate an ability to manage and um, repay that loan. Um, so sometimes I think it's a no brainer. Somebody will be able to go through an assumption and then other times you're just going to be hoping that the bank you're with, nobody rocks the boat and you can just kind of keep the payment, um, keep it going on and, and that it's a non-issue. And quite often it goes back to that initial question that you guys are always asking everybody, which is, Hey, how's your credit? And, you know, that's one of the things that people don't associate with estate planning. Uh, it's a big part of estate planning. It's a big part of life, period. Mm-hmm. Um, something people always need to think about and consider whatever they're doing, uh, because that's one of the main things you're being evaluated with. And it's not just uh, for borrowing money. It's employment. It's uh, housing. It's insurance. Insurance. It's everything. And, yeah. you know, it's. It's something that needs to be considered. And hey, everyone's had uh, challenges come up in life, and things have might have dinged you one way or another, depending on the economy, depending on a change in job or health or something like that. But you know, it's like everything else; we got to always work to try to fix things and, and and get better. And it's something that you always need to look at and evaluate and check your credit and make sure things that are on there are correct. Things that aren't need to be disputed. Try to get yourself in the best. Um, position you can so that you have the widest range of opportunities out there to be able to borrow money or do whatever you need to do. And, you know, a lot of that goes into also, you know, life planning. And the other thing we're seeing quite a bit, especially in the real estate market, uh, especially in North County, is, um, man, it is a tough uh, market to be looking to rent a home. There's just, there's oh, yeah. so little supply in North County. There's so little new construction. I mean, so many of the big home builders i had uh you know 15 18 years ago they aren't around anymore they're they're not building uh big projects anymore we have a lot of infill coming in but um the supply can't keep up with demand and we've got uh you know one of the main things people need to think about is don't get into a dispute with your landlord uh try to figure out a way to work through conflict and have things resolved because um, you know, if you wind up in an unlawful detainer situation or someone's, you know, having to move forward and evict you, that's going to ding your credit, uh, pretty significantly. And that's something that, and it's um, even harder to find a replacement home with, oh, uh, with an eviction on your record. Yes. It's, uh, it's brutal. And, uh, with the state of the market, how it is right now, it's, it's so easy to turn people away and to, and the same thing with, with buying homes. I mean, right. we're seeing so many people, uh, young families, people who have to get credit, uh, and, and wait through the process, um, you know, getting 
behind the line to folks coming here from other places, cash in hand. Right. And you just, you know, try to figure out the big picture as early as possible, make yourself as as attractive and competitive as you can be so that you have more opportunity. And it that's that's planning. That's that's meeting with you folks early and figuring out how uh you know, how to make sure your your things are cleared up as best as possible so that you have more opportunity and be able to do things. Yeah. No, I feel like it should be a greater part of curriculum and public education, a little bit more emphasis put on learning those real, real life things that really matter. I mean, how many times you heard the story about a kid who gets a credit card at 18, runs it up and ruins his credit before he ever even has it. All right, we got to do a commercial break. We have um, a whole nother hour here with you. I think we're going to have Adam with us for at least another half an hour. I've got more questions for you. i got a question about a client that i got in transaction right now. So we'll do that, guys. We're going to be out for five minutes, so go freshen your coffee, water the dog, do whatever you got to do. We'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. That I should hang it all on display But yours is just a loser's game And I decided that I should play Welcome back. Cool song. It is a good song. A dude I grew up with wrote that song, and the Counting Crows made it. What's his name? Uh, his name's Luke McMaster. There's a great band called him. the Romney Rye that put that song into motion. Awesome. Yeah, and I guess the story goes that he was playing, Luke's band was playing this at South by Southwest when mm-hmm. uh, one of the Counting Crow guys heard it, and then mm-hmm. they they got to know each other, played together, and then mm. ended up making this a single. But it's a really cool song if you get a chance to check out the whole thing. Yeah, it's really good. Maybe you'll hear it tonight at the fair. There you go. I, I bet Counting you probably Crows, will. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. I wish I wrote a song that got sung by a band like the Counting Crows. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a pretty nice little check there afterwards, too. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, uh, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Mortgage Matters. And uh, we got an attorney on the show today, Adam Daner. But kind of, um, I, I would argue, yeah, he's promoting his business a little bit, but his business is um, here to help you. And um, so today we're just trying to expose some of those... Um, reasons why somebody might just consider reaching out and getting getting the help that you need to protect your assets and make sure that you're uh, setting your family up pretty well. Of course, this isn't the whole scope of what you do. So I've, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some of the real estate law stuff. There's a few things um, 
going on lately that bug me and i want to know from a real estate attorney if is, it, is it just me um hey but so first of all um some of these builders today they build a house and um they deviate from the standard california association of realtor real estate contract right it's the contract that we're all used to it's a part of you know, 99 out of 100 transactions, or maybe 990 out of 1,000. It's so predominant. And then for whatever reason, these builders, they come out with not just an addendum, but they demand using their own full contract. And it's lengthy. It seems like it's really slanted towards the builder. Um, whereas I think the CA, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the CAR contract really attempts to protect both parties. It seems to be that it's very much wanting to cover all of the major nuts and bolts and really make sure that everybody is kind of well protected. These builder contracts oftentimes feel like they're very much slanted towards the builder, um, and they're they're confusing and hard to read. I don't speak legal speak. I'm just a state school kid with a bachelor's. I don't get into the, <laughs> um, you know, here with twos and stuff. You lose me. So... Um, What's your experience with those with those contracts? Are there is it something to look out for? Should we be concerned when someone we love is now getting into a transaction with one of those contracts? Well, back in the day, I wrote some of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, down Southern California for Fieldstone and William Lyon Company and some of those builders. Uh, yeah, they, things have changed quite a bit, and. Yes, uh, the CAR contract is a lot more balanced. A lot of the new modern industry contracts, whether it's real estate, whether it's whatever industry, um, there's some stuff in there that you really want to take a look at, especially the mandatory arbitration type provisions. And we've had a lot of law in the last couple of years um, as to what's enforceable and what's not. And some of these... Um, massive nationwide builders and some of them are gone um but they used to use provisions basically and and many industries do basically trying to get you to sign away any rights you have to go into your local court and get redress for problems if you're with your house if you haven't done otherwise been able to resolve problems through the warranty process so that's a real thing huh like i i you know when you sign a waiver like, yeah i'm gonna go on your roller coaster and realize that i might die and i can't sue you i've always felt like if i die i'm still gonna sue you that <laughs> something's wrong with that form um somehow or other i i still got you most but, most of those waivers are not enforceable in the state of california they said right. they're a tone setting document Basically, and, and that tone sometimes is appropriate to try to get people to, to think about, hey, be careful. Just yeah. don't be dumb. Um, but much of that language is typically not enforceable, and you're not going to uh, be barred from the courthouse for situations that are true negligence. Sure. And it, and it happens. Things happen. Mistakes happen. Um, and and that's why we have insurance. But if you but if you sign one of these contracts that says that you agree to arbitration, that is the end all, and and that is your remedy now. It depends on how they're written, and so the the problem how come is so much of this depends, Adam. You know, it's it's a it's a world of gray. Unfortunately, <laughs> not not everything sometimes is black and white. But what we see, uh, I, I think it's not so much the nature of arbitration as it is the arbitration industry. We have two 
two really big arbitration adjudication systems in Los Angeles and San Francisco, AAA and JAMS, and they are incredibly expensive. Oh. Uh, arbitration, initially, the, the idea was how to avoid um, litigation Big legal costs, fees, right? right? Big legal fees. And instead, usually now when I see people drug into major arbitrations, they're actually spending way more money because the, the setup fees with these uh, private companies who have big uh, skyscrapers and in the major cities and really expensive uh, overhead and office space. Well, somebody's got to pay for that, and typically it's it's the customer mm-hmm. who's paying for that. Whereas your court fees are are much more efficient and a lot less expensive. Um, one of the nice things about our court system here in San Luis is you typically can get to court within a year, year to eighteen months if you have to on a trial. Um, Southern California, it's not the same. I used to have construction cases down in LA. We'd be up against the five year, uh, trial date and things would just keep getting continued because they couldn't get cases out. It was just such, uh, an impacted court system. But we really don't have that here in San Luis. Yes, our, you know, like any other type thing, our court system's not perfect, but it's sure a lot better than a lot of other places. Interesting. Anthony just sent me something over here by the wire saying that the CFPB is not going to allow arbitration clauses going forward. Are you familiar with that? I wonder if that's finalized yet. Yeah, that's that's what's being um, debated. And there's been some, some cases, even some pr- Supreme Court cases, California Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court, on narrowing arbitration provisions which haven't been negotiated as, as between the, uh, you know, when you see all that standard language in an agreement and it's there and it's basically here, initial here, sign here, or whatever. Well, the, the underlying concept of, of a contract is, is that things have to be actually negotiated. There has to be equal bargaining power. And when it's a take it or leave it, like we're not going to sell you this product, whether it be a house or whatever, unless you initial here, that's, that's not really a negotiation. And you, it's kind of hard to make that argument that uh, people truly agreed to this particular provision or this particular provision, even though they initialed or read it for two and a half seconds, you know, of one half page of a 75-page document, and then um, be forced to give up all their rights. So I, as a, you know, just trying to wrap my head around this a little bit, but let's just say that you're the... um, my naive understanding of law. Thankfully, I haven't been involved in the law stuff very often in my life or career. But if I'm damaged by you in some way and I need to sue you, right, for whether it's covering medical bills or getting my property restored or whatever it is, I go after you and the courts determine that I'm right and you're wrong and you need to make me whole. Um, I'm a paycheck-to-paycheck guy. I'm hoping to recover my legal costs, too, in this. In fact, it was your actions that caused me to need to to go in and do this. And so I feel like, at the end of the day, that should be part of it, too. Make me whole, not minus my $40,000 legal fees, but all of it. Um, Is that the biggest thing about arbitration, is that you lose that ability to recover those costs? Is that why all these companies want to drive you, the consumer, into that 
that part just to minim- minimize their exposure in the end? Yes, and the other part of that is uh, many of the paid arbitrators, they make a whole living, some of them, just doing, like, say, for instance, uh, automobile, automobile company X. That's all they do is on an hourly fee, day after day, uh, and their hourly fees are insane, um, working for one particular company, and that's so they essentially become an in-house guy for that company. And it doesn't feel like arbitration to me. It, it's not. Yeah, it's and that's the whole problem. It's, it's no it's, longer a neutral third party when you're so in exactly. indebted to the person feeding you, right? And that that person makes their entire living and a pretty substantial living on the work from one or two particular companies. So yeah, we're we're humans. Who where's your allegiance to? Typically, it's to follow the dollars, mm. um, and that's that's one of the overall problems there. And that's kind of subsumed the entire initial strategy of trying to make it a fair, quick, efficient process, and it really hasn't become that anymore. It's become quite the opposite. Huh. All right. Well, that sounds convoluted and sad. <laughs> oh, uh, well. <laughs> hey, well, we can talk about other things like Atascadero High School football. You know, I want to talk about that, too. I have one more question for you. This, okay. this, one, this one's quite self-serving. Bring it. I have a client who is in escrow on purchasing their first home. They live in an apartment complex. Um, and this is not in the area. This is down in the San Diego area. They live in an apartment complex that's literally hundreds of units. And the management of the company, there's an on-site office with a staff there. So here we go. We live in the apartment. We have a lease that takes us through October. And we are now in escrow and weeks away from closing on the first home, right? So really needing to get out of said lease uh, minimizing financial losses as much as possible. So I was called for advice, and they said, hey, what what do you do? And I said, well, here's my understanding. Um, from what I know about this as a California real estate broker, uh, the you if you break a lease, you can be liable for the damages to the landlord, in this case the property manager, um, for however much money they lose between advertising, um, re-renting, processing fees, um, vacancy, all of these things until they're able to fill that unit. Um, you're on the hook for that through the end of your original lease term. So you could almost just go add up what the rents are and see that you, you could, in fact, be liable for this amount of money. However, the landlord has a certain responsibility to make a real effort at re-renting the apartment um, at or below your rent, showing that they advertise and made an effort to do so um, and is unable to fill the vacancy and then has to account for the losses that they have, right? Yeah, Am right. I far off on this so no, far? You're absolutely correct. And, and here's the depends side of it. We're in an up market right now, and there's a concept called efficient breach, which basically, as you just alluded to, um, you know, most people, if there's a few months left on your lease, Hey, and you go talk to the landlord and you've been an otherwise uh, good tenant. You're going to leave the property in great shape. 
um, and you're going to leave early, that usually right now that tenant's going to uh, the landlord's going to be pretty excited. Why? Because the market is crazy. They're they're going to relet that relet that uh, unit for more money. So they're going to make money by you stepping out early. So mo- most of the time, right now in this type market, you can negotiate getting out early, and uh, you know so if you this, do all the right things, it shouldn't be a problem. This property manager said. Here's the buyout amount for your lease, and it was more than what remained on the just if you paid the rent through the end. And then the tenant said, that's more than just what the rent is, and you're crazy. And they said, well, fine, just give us the rent. And so he said, I understand that what you need to do is to make an honest effort at releasing this place to somebody else at or below my rent, and then at the end we'll figure out what you know what losses you've incurred, and that's what my liability is. And they said... They are going to post the unit for rent for more than what their current lease is. And, um, that there was no, no assurance whatsoever given that, um, if it was re-rented or not, that he would have any kind of a change in what was owed. They simply have a fee for breaking the lease and it is basically to pay the rent through the remainder of the lease. Uh, it's not going to hold up. That, that's that's See, the and, bottom line, because when you go to court, you have to prove that you've mitigated your damages, that you've made that honest attempt to, right. uh, to re-let it. But so here's the tough to thing. To cure your breach. You know, and, and, and that, that's ultimately what I said. Um, and, of course, I'm, I'm not an attorney, but I know enough about that just based on my licensing and experience. But then you have the tenant, you know. These tenants, they have nothing to do with real estate. This This world to them is unknown and intimidating because of that and so they feel like well i don't want bad credit and is this person able to evict me so now i'm finding myself having to explain what the eviction process is and saying you can't be evicted over this if you vacate early yes they could find you liable for what's missing but that's not you're not going to be evicted you're not going to have eviction eviction is about possession right this would turn more into a small claims action right and 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 more than likely they're going to win I, I'm, I'm saying the, the landlord. No, the tenant is going to win because the landlord, I, I can't imagine in this market today being able to show that they're actually going to suffer real damage. Right. They probably, especially they probably if, have a waiting list to get into that place. They do. And especially if the rent they're attempting to get is greater than the current leased rent, right? Right. So... Yeah, but so that's the thing. As that consumer, right, where you're, you feel a little bit um, intimidated. Yeah, you. Well, you're you're outhanded. These right. guys do this for a living, and they know what to do. And so now you 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 operate from a position of a lack of knowledge and fear. And um, we see that a lot, by the way, because as you we Adam, you mentioned this in the last hour. Um, it's a cut. This is a cutthroat market. And if you have a lease that's coming up in October, you had better be looking today. Yeah. Um, whether you're buying or leasing, you had better understand this market well. And you may even need to pay double house payments for a couple months while you, you know, get your foot in the door to the new place or something. Um, and so, like in these buyers' cases, they, they thought that they were just getting out and working and going to come up with a plan and hopefully line it up for October. Well, they found a house that they negotiated on and it, it means that they have to close sooner. 
so to some degree their hand is kind of forced in order to to be able to just fit into this market where there's so much demand right um and that's the part that feels really unreasonable of the property manager is that of course they're aware of that you know it's a it, this whole housing industry today is very cutthroat i mean you yes you need to be well qualified and be ready to go and have your money and have all your ducks in a row you know what else you need some luck right very true and and i think if you've if you've done the right thing and you leave that property like you found it if not better um that that particular owner is going to have a hard time proving actual damages especially when the law requires them to be aggressive to mitigate their damages and not just sit there and take advantage of it so let's say they don't would they this landlord probably takes them to small claims which means you can't even have representation right right so really what they're going to do is attempt to play hardball and hope that this landlord just you know it's the fish that got away so you just rebate the hook and go back to fishing you don't go pursue the the tenant that left and all right right well, see that's i mean but is that like does the tenant have any recourse? Hey, you put me through all of this, and you weren't even ever in the right, and like actually doing things that were wrong. What can the tenant do after that? Well, it, uh, not a whole lot. Yeah. If if you're forced to go to well, you know, one of the they can make a complaint with the Bureau of Real Estate. Yeah, that because an on-site property manager like that for that many units has to be licensed. So. Yeah. They, you know, there's a little bit of recourse there, but, you know, these phone calls usually end up real quick with like, well, I'm going to talk to my lawyer, you know, and they know, I mean, how many people are going to talk to their lawyer? Right. Um, not enough. Un- unfortunately, it's, it's typically a shakedown and they're, they're trying to, you know, fear and intimidate and most people don't necessarily know their rights, know the law, et cetera. And, you know, if, if unfortunately we live in a world where, there's many people out there who feel if, if they can get away with uh, pressuring someone into giving them money for when they're not necessarily entitled to it, they're going to try to do it. That's unfortunately just yeah. the, the, sometimes the, the type of people you live with. Oh, well, uh, that's what happens when you get into these bigger businesses where the practice is more about the P&L than the dealing with the relationships of the people involved. Right. Right. Very true. Hey, we have another phone call here. We got Sam calling from Atascadero. Good morning. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Good morning. Thank you. You guys did a great job today. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Go Greyhounds. <laughs> Love it. All right. That's a good transition. I know who this is. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the other things I do besides practicing law is is coaching at Atascadero High School for the football program. And it's a... Uh, Wonderful opportunity to give back to the community and work with a lot of great people and a lot of great kids, including Vic Cooper, Sam DeRose. I don't know if anybody saw last night on uh, KSBY, uh, Jessica Vo did a special on uh, Larry Welsh, longtime coach, seven CIF championship holder at Atascadero High School, who just got inducted into the Southern California um, High School Hall of Fame. But it was a really, really touching uh great spot she did very well researched and talking about you know someone who's given so many years to so many of the kids in north county um 
really just a, a fantastic legacy. Very touching. If anybody saw that, you might be able to catch it on their webpage, etc. But the guy, one of the guys calling in right now, Sam DeRose, had a big part of that. and He's done a lot um, for so many kids up in Atascadero and, and, and everywhere in this county. It's, it's an honor and a privilege to work with those guys every day. Really appreciate it. So much fun. I'm guessing Sam doesn't have like a mortgage question or a law question. Uh, he usually does, but he usually brings it to me first. <laughs> you, that is correct. <laughs> right on. All right, Sam. Thanks for calling in. Thank you, guys. Thanks, have a good Sam. Day. We're uh, right about breaky time. We are, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's do a commercial break. We'll do a commercial break. I'll just push this magic button right here. Push go. It'll work. Do you want to take off or do you want to hang Mortgage out? Matters with host All right, Dan cool. And Jason will be right back. I don't have anything else Join to the talk conversation about, so. by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's nothing like the euphoric feeling you get when you find the perfect home. The last thing you want is the embarrassment of discovering you don't qualify. It can actually cost you your deposit. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018 396 DBO number 6054783. number 328 For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots. Ruined your black tie fair. Last one to know, last one to show. I was the last one you thought you'd see there. And I saw the surprise and the fear in his eyes when I took his glass of champagne. I toasted you, said, "Honey, we may be through, and you'll never hear me." Welcome back. I wanted to read 
Jim, I wanted to read this to you. Okay. It's a little bit stale now because it was received on July 12th, but understand this is my first opportunity back. Okay. Um, got this lovely email. Where'd we go here? From a listener. Mm-hmm. And it says, I look forward to and enjoy the music, all <laughs> types, you. that Jim plays during your commercial breaks. His selections and knowledge of recordings and artists qualify him, in my opinion, to have his own show. I would listen. Well, thank you. I also enjoy the show in general, the banter, the guests, the information (laughs) imparted, all good. Mm -hmm. The musical selections for the 4th of July were great. A Cambria listener. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to get some feedback like that. I'm not asking for anything. Yeah. You know, just saying thanks for doing a good job. Well, thank you for the Cambria listener. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And, it is cool. And uh, like I said, I wanted to share that with you, and I thought I'd thought I'd do that after yet another good song selection. There, yeah, I appreciate that. It's not a waste on us or our listeners, Jim. That's right. It makes it funner for us, too. Funner. Yeah, funner. <laughs> Most funner. More fun, I guess. You know, anyway. The funnest. It wasn't the best in English, but anyway. It's okay. Marilyn's going to call in a minute and yeah, tell you all about yeah. that. Yeah, she is. So Anyway, I got somebody on hold, but thank you very much. Yep. All right. All right. He can shake that out. Um, Mr. Rodriguez has a question for our esteemed legal uh, guest today. So earlier this week, we had an accepted offer. Got the offer in from the agents. Borrowers had signed, borrowers had accepted the seller counter. Okay, so there was the initial offer by the borrower, seller's counter to that. Buyer signed it. Buyer signed it. Everybody signed it. And in the middle of the day, the buyer's agent reached out to the seller's agent and was going to go over who the escrow agent was or anything like that. And the seller's agent responded with, oh, yeah, about that, I meant to email you. I've been meaning to call. My seller has accepted another offer, and we're canceling this transaction. Now what? Uh, not unless it's agreed upon. I thought he was going to say depends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> agreed upon, meaning they're going to have to buy their way out of it. Uh, it's a contract. Yeah, it's a contract. It's you binding. negotiated terms of a contract which were accepted. In, unless someone fails to meet their end of performance through one of the contingencies, you can't just, uh, once you got a signed deal, you can't just walk away from it, not without a mutual agreement, and which this is where someone's getting paid. This is where we talk about Liz Pendens, right? Yes. A Liz Pendens is basically notice of pendant. Well, it's the Latin term for notice of pendency of action, which means... If the buyer is to go forward with an actual action for specific performance to compel the actual sale when the seller is balking, basically they're, they're putting, they're recording a notice on title to that property that there's a dispute involving that title, which makes it unmarketable. Um, yeah, you could, you could buy it, but then it, it could be a, how long adjudicated it, in court. How at, long does it take to get through that court process? Uh, that one could be a year to 18 months. So you could, if a seller is treating you unfairly or not honoring the contract, 
you could file les pendants, which would prevent them from being able to sell this property to anybody else until your issue is resolved. That's right. Sounds like pretty good uh, ground for getting them back to the table to negotiate. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Well, if if you have to go through through it and force them to specifically perform and sell you the house, and they don't have a legitimate ground for not honoring the contract, they're going to get hit hit because every standard DAR. A car contracts got the um attorney's fees provision in there too it's it's going to be pretty costly mm. so uh that's yeah, good to know not a good situation we have a phone call from renee uh in atascadero good morning welcome to mortgage matters thank you good morning so i have a question and based on what i've heard i'm probably going to get an answer that says depends <laughs> <laughs> but do i if i'm doing large purchasing between homes and multiple tops, do I need a real estate attorney and a realtor, or is it, quote, going to depend? Um, give me a call. You need me. 464-5003. Is that a simple one? You can get away with using just an attorney, correct? You sure can. Um, realtors uh, do a great job, too. They obviously have their finger on the pulse of the market, and, you know, they're looking at MLS, MLS listings all day and know all of that aspects. But it always helps to have an attorney uh, review your stuff, too. Uh, we, You know, in, in our industry, we, we laugh about it on a daily basis in terms of how, you know, for a, a small price, maybe $250, looking at something for 45 minutes or an hour, sometimes we're able to save people half a million dollars yeah (laughs) it happens all the time you would not believe it um because we see that would be very helpful we see so many contracts out there sometimes that are so messed up because uh folks just haven't spent you know a little bit of money on the front side if you're making such a big investment and if it's you know part of your overall uh strategy it's yeah it's good to work with someone at the at the beginning to make sure everything looks right, all the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. It's a good investment. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call, Thank Renee. you. You gave out your number pretty quick there, but um, there's other people that are scrambling for a pen and they're thinking, say it again right now. 464-5003. My email is adam at Daner, D-A-N-E-R-L-A-W.com, Adam at DanerLaw.com, 464-5003. If you're in the car and you don't be unsafe, if you can't write that down, you, of course, can call us this week. Uh, we have the contact information for the law firm, and we'd be happy to share it with you. This show, likewise, will be posted on Monday if you need to share it with somebody that... Um, needs to hear some of this dialogue and understand what kind of help they might be able to get from Adam. Uh, we'll have this up on the website on Monday. So Great. Yeah. Um, I think we're ready for the final commercial break of the show. Are we? I am. Yeah. All right. We'll do that. And then we got you know about a 20-minute stretch here to close it up. But there's there's more fun stuff to talk about. So stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linux. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. 
Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Three thirty in the morning, not a soul in sight. City's looking like a ghost town on a moonless summer night. Raindrops on the windshield, there's a storm moving in. He's heading back from somewhere that he never should have been, and the thunder rolls. All right. And that is roll. amazing when he does it in concert. Oh, I bet. Yeah, the thunder and all that. Oh, yeah. Every light is burning yeah. in a house. Does that. Well, we have to do a pared down show for the first show. Because he's got to get in at 7.30 and out at 9.30. Yeah. So, I don't know. You might, you might have a better time in the second show. I'm going to have a great time no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I want, does he, when he plays it live, does he play that missing fourth verse? Yes. And he misses the, the, the missing part of Friends in Low Places, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good times. I really wanted to see Garth at the Wynn when he had that residency out there. Mm-hmm. And I never made it out there, but I thought that would be a great... Oh, I mean, but seeing him in Paso Robles at oh, you know, gonna, the yeah, Dirtfield Fair is going to be pretty cool. It's going to be great. And especially, it's going to give another uh, aspect of the tune rodeo. Because <laughs> they do the rodeo there. So, anyway. There but, you yeah, go. When he does rodeo. If he doesn't, he should. I bet he will at your show. I bet it's going to be a different show because, like I said, it's going to have to be pared down a little bit at um, the first show. Yeah, I wonder how many people are going to both. Uh, Surely he's not going to overlap any songs. He doesn't have to, but there's no way he's going to do that. No, he might overlap like Friends in Little Places or like um, Party Prayers or some of the big ones, but, yeah, he doesn't have to. Good times. Mm Hey guys, we still have uh, Adam Daner on the show here, um, attorney at law. 
specializing in real property business, estate planning, and litigation. Um, how much litigation goes on? Does it even get to that anymore? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah? These days, quite a bit, unfortunately. Uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of a sign of our times. We have um, people are under a lot of stress from all kinds of things in life. And uh, a lot of that sometimes get in, gets in the way of them being able to think um, as logically and as rationally as they can and work out their problems without us having to go to court and yeah. have somebody else resolve it for them. Thankfully, you guys are there to help do that. You know, that's, yeah, exactly. Make, when, making when, the world a more just place. That's when what everyone I do every day. In the, when everyone in the transaction is right, it's hard to come to resolution without somebody else. <laughs> that's right. Hey, we have another phone call. We have Ann calling from lovely Los Osos. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Great show. First time listener. Finding a lot of interesting information this available. This is the first Thank time you. you've listened to Mortgage Matters? Well, I've never heard it before. I've, you know, well, I've never all right, then, been working on Saturdays and never had the radio going. But For yeah, your benefit yeah. and any other first time listeners, the show's been going for almost nine years. I've been with it for at least five. Every single least. Saturday... Almost always live. We go from nine to eleven, um, and we are, yeah, we're we're thrilled to be able to do the show. It's a, it's great for us for business. I mean, to be honest with you, we're a for profit business that, um, rather than doing an infomercial or just marketing, we're trying to add value and build credibility in hopes that uh, we might be able to to help you later with something income producing but um yeah we're always here and we put the podcasts on our website for those of you that have to work on saturdays you can still listen i'm definitely going to be starting to do that Uh, i have a question i'm starting to get my ducks in the row for an issue my parents got in some financial issues and to get themselves out and live the rest of their lives comfortably they got the reverse mortgage which has worked out wonderfully for them uh, but I don't want to let the house go uh, after their passing. So I'm trying to figure out what is going to be the best way to go as far as if you have to refinance, should I attempt to go through an independent mortgage company or should I go to back to who they're through and start getting things going? Because I've got a feeling this is not going to be as easy as, hey, just sign this. It's not. And just so you know, and and for everyone's benefit, once done, I mean, the reverse mortgage goes on title just like any other loan. Um, So it's not anything special. Um, You know, there's some provisions that are different than a standard mortgage. You know, for example, the loan balance is growing, and then there's some occupancy requirements where um, they need to be in the home. And if they're unable to, after a period of 12 months, the home needs to be refinanced or sold so that that loan can be settled but we've done a refinance more than once where you're paying off a reverse mortgage and getting um, a conventional mortgage uh, just back in place so that that reverse mortgage is is settled and gone Um, now so that's the specifics about that loan let me give you a really quick flyby of why it is you're going to want to talk to us um, at least as one of your options once you get closer to that point. Um, first of all, 
There's a really fun misconception in the loan business altogether that going with the bank that already has your financials or the bank that, you know, is already holds the loan or the the bank that you just always work with that you're going to have an easier time. And this is a myth I love to dispel. Um, we're required now under the new Dodd-Frank legislation to prove an ability to repay on every loan. So um, it's not good enough that you've, in fact, been paying for the last several years or whatever. So every lender now needs to prove your ability to repay. That means we need your tax returns, your pay stubs, your Social Security award letter, if that's the case. Whatever it is, every lender is going to get all that documentation. And furthermore, the bigger the bank... The more specialized they get, the loan servicing is out in Delaware and the loan origination is over in Colorado and the underwriting's happening in Florida. So it's not like you're going to the bank that knows you and they're making a decision based on, um, you know, seeing you come into the branch with your, your cute pup every Friday. It's just not a part of it. So when you do want to do a loan, what you want to do is make sure you're working with a company that, um, I'm going to, I want to throw my hat in the ring here. Central Coast Lending is a direct lender, but we work with 50 different investors. So I can do a Quicken loan for you. I can do a Wells Fargo loan for you. I can get you a loan with Cash Call. I can do a loan for you um, with banks you've never heard of before. What we specialize in is that you're working with me. I have access to all these products and programs and can find for you um, if you have some issue, you know, sometimes somebody has a credit ding or an employment snafu or something where they need some special accommodation um, or a property type. It's a manufactured home or something weird. So we have all these banks that we can accommodate these weird little niche things that are needed. When you don't have that niche and you don't need any special consideration, uh, what you need is the lowest possible closing costs and interest rate. Um, and so the lion's share of what we're doing is we're, we're using those relationships to bring those best terms to our clients. Um, you know, and so I don't expect you, especially a first time listener of the show to accept that as the end all fact. So what I am asking is that when you get to that point where you're ready to talk to somebody, um, you know, you're, you're savvy enough. You'll talk to a couple different lenders and get an idea of, um, who seems like they're really the expert on it. And then, and then the numbers don't lie as we shake down and compare interest rate and closing costs. Um, I like to think that our company offers both that boutique service of really good customer service, but also being able to bring, you know, the most favorable terms for our clients. And, um, I mean, that's, that's how we've made our living and that's what our reputation's built on. We do this show here live every week. You could very well be a caller that calls in and says, I had a terrible experience with you and you didn't do what you said you were going to do. There's a, and we don't, we've never had one of those calls, thank God. Um, and real estate gets messy, believe me. Um, but, you know, bigger point being is that this is a, um, among other things, it's an accountability vehicle for us and um, for everybody. And, and, you know, it's definitely part of, of how we do our business. So I'd love to have an opportunity to, to compete for your business. Yeah, I like the fact that I'm not going to have to be talking to somebody in Bangalore. Yeah. And it's going to be done locally so I can actually look somebody in the eye. Yep. And, and if, say, you know, and like I said, sometimes real estate does get messy. Adam can tell you that. He's in there straightening out these messes every day. 
Um, so, yeah, sometimes we run into little bumps and bruises and have things that we have to work through. But having somebody local that you can, you can come into my office and you can sit down and, and look me in the eye, um, that that can prove to be really valuable when things feel stressful and out of control. So, yeah, um, this will be my first time home buyer, too. Great. Well, technically, this would be buying the home, right? Um, it might be. That would be a little bit of estate planning. I, I almost want to argue that you would want to talk to Adam and make sure that you guys can do that in the most cost-effective way possible. Yeah, um, that's why I'm get, definitely going to need some, you know, legal and all yep, that stuff. With I need that guidance. Like so, I said, it's not like going to the grocery store and paying it off or something that's like right. that. So 543-LOAN um, rings our offices. So um, give us a call this week. It's, it's really never too soon to kind of start a dialogue where we can start to shape up a plan, even if it's years away. It's good to, to have uh, an idea of what's going on. So thanks for your call, in. Call us this week at 543-LOAN. Thanks for listening. We have another phone call here. Um, this is the fifth phone call? Number number five, yeah. <whistles> what we haven't a had day. five in a long time. It's been a yeah. good time. Right, we're we got, doing Motor Mouse numbers right now. That's right. We got, <laughs> we got Roy. Roy wants to uh, call us here from Arroyo Grande. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm in Westboro to uh, construction loan to build a house. And... At the present time, we don't have title of the property because that's contingent on a few things. Uh, but the interest rate is 4-0, and they call it floating. I <laughs> want to know whether we want to fix that or lock it or wait for something better. What is your opinion? What would you do? Do you think the rates are going to go up or down, or would you uh, lock it? I left my magic ball at home, so I can't tell you specifically, but hey, listen, floating means that um, picture yourself in the middle of the river um, floating. So you are in the rapids. If the market gets better or worse, there's a waterfall ahead or calm, serene waters with utopian-esque interest rates, you're going to get whatever the market gives you. So floating is a funny term of saying that you are flapping in the wind until you lock that interest rate. And um, I'd venture to suggest to you if it's an option for you to lock a 4% interest rate, that's a brilliant deal, and I would jump right on it, especially for construction type of financing. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what I think the market's going to do, my opinion is probably not any better than anyone else's, but um, you know, interest rates went up a little bit since the election, and a lot of it was based on this um, this hope that you know the the new administration with all their you know control are going to be able to to put some things through that's going to make business profitable and make gdp great and all this you know we're all going to be just taking wheelbarrows of cash to the bank um so interest rates spiked and now 7 months into this ride we're learning that it may not be as easy as uh, we thought and you know, just this week, learning that the GOP still can't get a health care reform bill together that would um, garner enough support to, to make any real change, we're beginning to realize that um, that might then transfer over into some of the future tax policy stuff. And, you know, so bottom line is I think we're going to be finding our way back towards some of those pre-election lows. So if I'm a betting man, I think over the course of the next you know, six months period, I bet interest rates stay the same or decline slightly. Um, but 
don't ever let somebody else bet your money. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. you you Thank need you. to do your own research and have your own opinion because whether I'm right or wrong, you're either going to benefit or wish you never talked to me. So um, well, without uh, clients, I don't I don't know if there's any absolute way to research this. Well, there really, there really isn't. <laughs> there really isn't, and I'll tell you what, Roy. What we're doing is. Um, with our clients, we're locking basically as often as, as we can. Um, I don't believe that there's enough upside for um, taking the risk of floating over a long period. That being said, construction financing, if you need to buy a lock period of 200-plus days, that can be very expensive. Um, and so sometimes what you really need to do is, is this is what I would, I would request of your lender, if I locked for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, 120 days, 150 days, 180 days, make them give you an estimate for each one of those 30-day periods and you look at the change in cost over time. And then what you can see is that, hey, if I lock for a 200-day period, I'm locking in a point and a half of cost, which equals significant market movement over just floating. And so sometimes what you really need to do is get all of those pieces together, line them all out, come up with a plan about kind of some market loss stops of if things change this much, I'll pull the trigger at this point. But otherwise, casually float until you can get a shorter term lock, which is your your most value, provided that the market doesn't run out from under you. So... Um, I know I, I kind of barked a lot of info at you right there, and even though I'm not your lender, if you want to call me this week at the office, I'd be happy to kind of to regurgitate that to you. So um, give us a call if you'd like at 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Roy. Okay, Thanks for your call. Very informative. Appreciate Thanks. the feedback. All right, we're running down to the witching minute, huh? This is it. We are. We're in the last a minute and a half of the show. So yeah, All right, we 30. had one more call try to come through. So we were up to six, but just couldn't do it. So uh, we the can't caller do it. that tried to come through back next week. All okay. right. So yeah. uh, everybody out there, um, if something today caught your interest and you you need to talk to Adam or you need to talk to Anthony, um, here's how you're going to do it. You can get a hold of Adam. So this is Adam Daner, which is spelled D-A-N-E-R. Um, the web address is danerlaw.com, and you can email Adam. He's adam at danerlaw.com. Uh, telephone number, a local one, 805-464-5003. Um, Central Coast Lending, pretty simply, centralcoastlending.com. you got to type the whole thing out. You'll get a cramp doing it, but it'll be worth it when you get there. Lots of information. You can contact us for an appointment. You can fill out a loan application. Let us know if you want to come in for a consult. Um, Anthony and Adam, thanks very much for coming in today and spending the time. Um, really appreciate it. And hopefully we are able to help somebody today and um, get what we need out of it. Thank you. Really appreciate being here. One last thing, bleed orange, sweat gray. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks much for being with us today. We will be back next week for the last July show of Mortgage Matters. And uh, maybe we'll run into you at the fair. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Stay safe out there. And uh, we'll be back next week. So, all right. Happy trails, everyone.